Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Great Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Rich Rebar. We are going to pick our five favorite games against the spread. Rich, uh, last week went pretty well. Got kind of sweaty there with the Eagles, my number one pick there at the end. Just feeling very good about that in the first half. Was feeling uh, much less good about that. And we actually, uh, the first half on Thursday night was awful. It was like the worst, and then we got some fireworks in the second quarter and I I'm still maintain we got to ban the cover two. the cover two is ruining the sport man it's <laughs> it's miserable it, I mean just the experience of what Brian Flores did last night in that game where he literally said what's funny is he still got beat over the top twice uh but he literally said like we're just not gonna let the Eagles throw the football downfield uh obviously he got cookie jarred twice on Devontae Smith but like the Eagles were just like, cool, you know what we'll do? And it took them three drives to figure it out, but they're like, you know what we'll do? We'll just run for six yards every time, like every play. And yes. that was the game. And that was like, the, that's like what happened the entire game. Like Brian and Brian Flores was cool with it. He was like, you know what? We're, we're not giving up, you know, and, and it not like they had it to be fair. Like the Vikings were still like in the game. And if they don't turn the ball over four times, maybe they have a shot. And that's like what the defensive meta in the NFL has become because last year rushing like from an EPA stance, and like a yards for carry stance was as effective as it's ever been in the NFL. And it still wasn't as effective as passing. So defenses have like gotten around where they're like, well, the best version of rushing isn't as good as like the worst version of passing. So we'll just let teams run. Uh, and it and it's not fun. It's not fun to watch, man. No, no, it's not. It is not fun. It's not fun. Also, the Eagles are way. could be like the fun circus team this year, though, because their defense clearly like with the amount of players they lost in free agency and the injuries they've had, like they've played two games now in two weeks where like the opposition is just throwing the ball like 50 times and like having fun. So like at least opposing the Eagles looks like it's going to be fun football. That was, I mean, that was the thesis, right? That was the thesis for, for a lot of how the Eagles players ceilings could be greater would be that the defense was was bad i think it's going to come true for swift you know remains to be seen on i hurts looked he's looked a little shaky um he right now through two games new coordinator it's yeah you know i'm I'm not burying him i'm not burying him certainly there are some people out there who are who are like oh he actually was never that good of a passer you know um he he just ran hot but i i'm i'm i would still be those receivers are too good man they are, yeah, they are too good. Uh, I'm an outright fail. I, I don't, I don't see it. I do not, I do not see it either. I think I, I do, I, and also like this. I mean, this is very. You got to get, you got to get really inside football. But like Hertz is such a smart, hardworking guy. I like, yeah. maybe like I just think he will want to improve. You know, some guys would get discouraged or whatever, but I think he will want to improve and yeah, definitely the perception of Jalen Hurts is the opposite of what how people treat Kyler Murray yes yeah 
Uh, oh God, yeah. I mean, Kyler, it's also true. Kyler Murray, I I've known these guys for a long time. Both of them are Oklahoma University quarterbacks. Kyler is a less coachable dude than Jalen Hurts. I I feel a hundred percent confident in that. Um, all right, your number five, your fifth favorite pick is Hoomst. I had a hard time. I I, I whittled my list down to seven. Uh, so okay. I'm gonna be curious to see what like misses what we have for missing the cut. But I'm gonna start with the Giants uh, here, and th- I think it's a better bet now than what it opened. What you're gonna get him in like these Vegas things It's down to four in a lot of places. Yeah. But one thing was true. Well, well, two things. I always love betting teams that get blown out early in the season. We've talked about this for like the years we've done this show. Like teams that get blown out are typically good bets against the spread the following week. But one thing was true that we kind of knew going into last week was that the Cardinals offense is an outright disaster. Like they, they threw the ball 10 times to Zach Ertz. Like what, what are we doing in the year 2023? You know how many yards that they produced on those Zach Ertz targets? <laughs> 21. 21 yards to Zach Ertz. So targets. Uh, they were so bad though. Only 45% of the Cardinals set of downs uh, led to a new set of downs. It was by far the lowest rate in the league. Uh, they they were in third and longs consistently. If they don't score a defensive touchdown, like that game looks worse. I don't know if they get one here. I mean, it's gonna be a ton of wink blitzing. Uh, Josh Dobbs. You just need Daniel Jones not to mess up this game, right? Like that's that's the the whole thing here. If Daniel Jones doesn't mess this up, like we're gonna be fine. So I'll start here. I have a little less confidence in the Giants because Andrew Thomas isn't gonna play, and like the offensive line, it just looks like it's a problem for the Giants. And I'm short on the Giants' big picture, but I'm also very short on the Cardinals' big picture. Without a defensive touchdown, they're not even covering last week. Yes, all, all of that, all of that is true. I also the Giants were my number three. Okay. Um, I really mean, yeah. just like I just think you should be short, uh, short on the Cardinals when it's less than a touchdown. They the the Cardinals' offense, assuming that the opposing team does not get you literally zero points uh like like if you if they're not just giving you touchdowns which Sam how literally did Sam how ate six sacks against the Cardinals or whatever and not that I think dimes is that much better than Howell and but his ball security I mean it is much better like that was like the big thing with him and I'm I'm just kind of wiping that Cowboys game out they weren't ready to go the offense is terrible the Cowboys defense is great the Cardinals defense can get pressure but they're not the Cowboys defense like I just Dobbs just does not have it in him to go score 21 points and uh I mean look Wandale's gonna play this week I think you know, a little 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 bit of Wandale no. action um yeah and and also I think one thing they'll do is I I was actually surprised that Hyatt played so much in week one I think if you replace the Sterling Shepard Isaiah Hodgins like nothingness with Jalen Hyatt that at least makes you a little bit more explosive I I just felt this was like kind of an obvious buy spot on the Giants. And like you, I am short on the Giants long-term over the course of the season and all of that. But it's gone the other way. It opened five and a half. It's down to four in a lot of places right now. Yeah. Well, so take it, take it at four. Um, I I'm actually in a picks contest and we have to take the stale line. And I still took the Giants with the stale line. I mean, remember we were on the last week I was telling you about the I'm in like the survivor but you can only pick a loser and when the Cardinals were like actually up at one point in the game I was just like pushing for them I was like please do it and then yes. they blew it <laughs> yeah uh all right so my number five it's just because it's such a big number but I have the uh San Francisco 49ers minus seven points um couple things here I haven't won even with the number 
so that well then 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 you're with me um the rams i think they clearly showed us they're not going to be the cardinals they're not going to be they're not going to be the worst team in the nfl they are not going to be unable to gain a yard but a lot of what they did in that game against the seahawks not going to be sustainable um you know uh 80 waiver wire guy puka nakua I don't make the rules. He's going six targets, three receptions, 34 yards this week. I, I don't make the rules. I, I hate to tell it to you that the guy you just spent all your fab on is not going to be a good fantasy starter this week. I also think they're not going to be able to run the ball at all. And mm-hmm. Kyron was pretty successful at that last week. And when Stafford's worst traits come out, Stafford's actually, when you kind of give him some time, when he's not pressing, when they have the lead, when it's close, Stafford is like this awesome Farvian gunslinger he's making these weird arm angle throws but if Stafford's pressing if they're down a touchdown if they're down 10 points that is when Matt Stafford who led the league in interceptions the year they won the Super Bowl starts to come out and also I just think the 49ers might just be the Death Star I think they really might be that good Shanahan has found his dude in Brock Purdy not that I'm buying Brock Purdy as like the, the, you know he's he's an elite level quarterback it doesn't it doesn't solve the fundamental problem that the Shanahan 49ers have always had which is that when you need your dogs and you're down seven points in the Super Bowl or the NFC Conference Championship I don't think Purdy is the dog to to create that of himself but also the two high safety meta totally plays into the hands of someone like Purdy who can move around in the pocket a little bit he can deliver inside the hashes he can make the 15 to 20 yard throws really well so i I, the 49ers are just going to win a lot of games and they're going to and another usage thing is they did not take the foot off the pedal against the steelers until really late in that game eli mitchell played 10 snaps like they were still just letting mccaffrey do his thing so i I, the 49 if this was six it, it would actually probably be my one but the seven just it just opens up that that backdoor fuckery is all. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally get it. Even with the big number though, like this is a game that like I still circle. Uh, Brock Purdy's made eight. He's they played eight full games where he started and he's played the whole game. The 49ers have scored thirty two points per game in those games. They've scored yeah. 30, 30 or more points in six of them. Like he's just a like you said he's a facilitator. Like I'm not anointing Brock Purdy as like new Tom Brady, right? Like the they found him and it's like he's gonna have his hall of fame career but like he is the perfect catalyst just to get the football to these really good football players on this team um and that's really all we care about right like get the ball to brand that i get it to george Kittle, get it to debo samuel get it to christian mccaffrey do it and we're gonna be okay like it's a good it's good good offensive plan to get it to a bunch of guys who are close to the best at their positions at yard after the catch in the entire se- NFL. seems optimal and then in this matchup like shanahan has just dog walked mcveigh man like they've won eight regular season games against the rams uh they last year cooper cup and matthew stafford played in both of these games and the 49ers won by 15 and 17 points so i mean it's just I don't, and, and, and I'm still short on the Rams defense, right? Like that's the big thing. Like what the Rams did defensively in week one against that Seattle offensive line, I don't think is going to be a 17 week, a 17 game truism. Like, I don't think that this, they don't have the talent defensively against these teams that have, you know, good offenses to kind of shut them down. I don't think we'll see that a repeat of that this week. Uh, so, I mean, it's one of those things I'm really low on the Rams kind of big picture, still high on the 49ers. And, and like I said, I, I, 
a lot of people were on the Steelers last week. Like a lot of sharp people were picking the Steelers last week. Not me. <laughs> and like, dude, they got absolutely demolished. Like, I just feel like the 49ers are just one of these teams that like, like you said, they're the, the litmus test for the 49ers is going to be when they have to score 10 points in the fourth quarter against Patrick Mahomes or like maybe like these games against when they face and, the Cowboys. And by the, the playoffs, way, but... I just wanted on the record, I'm putting, putting the stake in the ground. They will not be able to do it. That if if the Super Bowl matchup is 49ers Chiefs again, the the Chiefs are, I mean no like probably no team, as currently constructed in the NFL would I feel more comfortable being in that spot. And Purdy is going to have to show it to me that he can do that. I, yeah. And I don't I don't think he can. I just think when you look at the 49ers though, and they face these teams that aren't like in the, like the top maybe they third of the them. NFL, they like they're gonna, them. they're just like built to destroy those teams. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. Um, all right, you know, I might uh, you might outline this, man. You might d- bump this a double. Well, isn't that isn't that kind of the right way to do it when you think the talent discrepancy is that large? Is to actually bet like the other side of a key number is to bet like minus ten and a half or something. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's that. I mean you might be able to do sprinkle some stuff in like that too, or with your like just regular base bet. It's just because, like I said, I think the 49ers are built to just murk like lower level teams. Yeah. I think I think you are 100% right. All right, what is your number four? Uh, my four is the Dolphins. And it's just another thing. Like, early in the season, we talked about last week. We we did have a good week on the show, too. Yeah. Uh, is just to look at teams that I'm long on versus teams that I'm short on. I bet. So this, is my, this is my number one. I'm going against okay. New England again. So, yeah, it's it's another thing. Like, I'm, 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 I feel good about the Dolphins' big picture. I already bet New England's win total under. So I'm just going to keep going kind of like to the, the early season plays like that, especially with this kind of floating like two and a half, three. Uh, you can kind of get it through that key number. Uh, you know, Tua, uh, and, and they answered everything I was looking for, right? Like, we talked about it. You had the Dolphins last week. And I was like, well, I just want to see Mike McDaniel, what like his answer is. And, you know what the answer is? The answer is I have the fastest player in the NFL and you go to guard him. Uh, and that's really all. They all they I, did all that. They smoked the chargers. They answered the question with Jalen Waddle barely being involved. Like it, the, the ceiling is not even what they showed last week. They're just such a hard team to defend. And I don't think we're going to see a situation where that, I don't think the Dolphins defense also is as bad as what it was last week, uh, especially against Mac Jones in new England, who, you know, they, they were good on like counting stats against the Eagles, but like they ran so many plays in that game. And I think Mac played really well. I don't want to pull anything away from Mac, but like the talent discrepancy between these two offenses is still so massive, right? Like when you're counting on Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry to like match Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle, uh, I'm, I'm still just going to go the opposite direction, especially when you get like a short number. Um, and, and last year in the game, the two only played one game against, uh, the Patriots and they covered in that game too. So uh, it was at home versus in new England where this one is, but I don't think we're going to see the new England Patriots run almost 80 offensive plays though. I don't think that's going to be a thing. And if they do, it's because the Dolphins scored a bunch of points like the Eagles did. And although they had the defensive touchdown, but I just don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think that's an outcome for this game. That's like in the like most probabilistic range of outcomes. My thesis for why it's my number one is that one, I do not buy that a wide receiver group of Kendrick Bourne, Demario Douglas, I guess Parker didn't play last week. Not that I think he really will help matters all that much. And uh, who's the other guy? Pyquan. 
like well yeah you didn't I mean, play either just, but they had Keishon Butte out there Keishon for 40, 40 routes yeah I mean it's just it is the same Belichick philosophy that we have seen for the last I guess really even honestly even the Brady's last year like like the scheme we will scheme better than the opponent and that will help us win. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if, if they throw a couple things at Tua defensively that confuses him that maybe there's a couple, maybe, maybe there's a quarter where the dolphins don't score or whatever. But the primary thesis is that the Patriots offense is not going to be able to generate that many yards and that many points on the average week. And I, I also feel like it's maybe we're being, uh, we're, we're looking at the fantasy numbers for Bourne and letting that think like, oh, the Patriots had this really effective game plan. Like it was, it, they did a good job not getting completely buried after being down 16-0. They were able to fight back, but they're still a team that lacks talent. They're still a team that lacks speed and a team that lacks speed against the Dolphins. Like you're just going to get, you're going to get boat race such a big percentage of the time. I think that, I just think the Dolphins are the far better team and it's kind of a talent discrepancy thing where like, sure, I think I Tua might even kind of be in the Purdy zone where in some of these really big spots, he he might just not have the arm strength and the, and, and, you know, that ability to generate plays outside of structure. Now, obviously Tyreek can create those plays outside of structure all on his own. And so can Waddle, uh, but against, against middling teams, against teams, like if the Patriots need to score in 90 seconds I just don't like the offense isn't really built to do that even even the comeback effort really was just aided by the fact that the Eagles couldn't do anything on offense which maybe is actually buoyed a little bit by what we saw on Thursday night which is that outside of two throws two throws to Devonta Smith the Eagles passing offense really struggled it was all about their ability to run so maybe stonewalling the Eagles passing offense is not even as you know um as impressive as we thought it was last week so i i just felt i just i this was like a the dolphins should be minus four and a half here like i just i just think they are the better team and i i want to bet on also want to be betting on these passing offenses that have a solution to the two high safety stuff to keeping the defenses keeping everything in front of them and i was most impressed with mcdaniel's ability to solve that in week one so that's my my number three and my uh my number one are already off the board bang 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 all right uh i got so then i guess it's my number four let's see what do i have here oh i have a uh, seattle plus five i mean all due respect to the detroit lions uh i know i know the um the seahawks look terrible in week one i know they don't have their tackles all, all this like feels like the lions are actually probably the the public side here I mean, one, the Lions got so freaking lucky in that game, like so lucky in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like uh, it might have been you that did the screen grab or maybe it was Graham Barfield, our friend. Someone did the screen grab of the ball in. It was. Oh, it was Warren. The ball in Kadarius Tony's hand. What was it? (laughs) Third and four. It's in his hands. They convert that first down. If they go on to get points on that drive, it's over. I mean, that game is over. The Lions are not coming back. It's done. And instead of Kadarius Toney just catching the ball that was in his hands, it turns, I mean, that's a, a, what, a negative 13 point expected points play or something like that. Probably negative, probably negative six, because you can't just give the Chiefs the points on that drive. So 
one, I was not that, I was really not impressed by the Lions offense. I mean, they right. a lot of David Montgomery and Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones, like there is a clear gaping hole outside of Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta in terms of what they have to catch the ball. And you can't build the entire plane out of Amon Ross St. Brown, sort of the way you made this comp to me originally, but Amon Ross St. Brown is just like a younger, more souped up version of Keenan Allen. He's not Justin which Jefferson, isn't shade, but which is not shade, which is totally not shade. And in <laughs> fact, it, I think it's going to work out for him in fantasy because they just simply do not have anyone else to throw the ball to. So like that target volume, but there are going to be a lot of weeks, like from a fantasy stance where like, if he doesn't score a touchdown, like he just looks okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of eight for 80 games, I think probably, but that means that you are asking to win football games. You are asking Marvin Jones, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, Brock Wright, you know, whatever, all these guys to generate some offense for you. And what, what do we know about Goff? Goff is, is, is really good in structure. He, if you, if you tell him exactly what to do, he can do it, but it just, I feel like that level of quarterback play introduces a lot of variance. And I don't want to take five point favorites when I think your quarterback can just get boat raced. And maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe the Seahawks are, are maybe Gino actually goes back into a pumpkin and Metcalf and Lockett and JSN are these terrible fantasy picks, but I'm trying not to overreact too much. To getting boat raced by the Rams in week one. And and again, that could end up being wrong, but five points just feels like a lot. Yeah, it's definitely swung that in that direction because that one opened at three and then got bet bet up pretty high. Uh yeah, I just want to see some answers from Seattle, man. Obviously, I think it's gonna be better. I don't think Gino was that bad in the first half of that game, and then obviously everything just fell apart in the second half. But I do have some questions about them, and you brought it up to me last week because I one of my losses was Seattle. It's just like, you know, going back to last year now, the back half, I mean, they're three and seven in their last 10 games. Like it's, it's like not just a, it's not just week one. Like this goes into last year. Like they weren't that good to finish last year and to get off on a slow foot uh, isn't, isn't like the most endearing thing. And then you lose both tackles and no one's even talked about it in the Seattle side. Like, but it's, it's what's the big problem, especially in the second half of that game is they can't get off the field, man. Like their middle of the field defense is atrocious. Uh, between the numbers in that game, Matthew Stafford, 16 to 22 for 172 yards. When these two teams played last year, Goff was 15 to 20 for 233 yards between the numbers passing. And Amon Ross St. Brown didn't play in that game. Like, it's just an ongoing issue with Seattle where they can't defend the middle of the field. The defense is lousy. Um, and like, is that going to be a game where like Goff just like bleeds them in the middle of the field? And like, this game is just like, no, it doesn't, we don't get to run out, but I'm with you on the lions. I think they're definitely probably a little overvalued based on the outcome that came out of Thursday because their offense wasn't very good in that game at all. Um, so I definitely think there's some upside. I think if you're playing this game, you do play the Seattle side. You do. You definitely are on the right side of that. The, the outs the lions have on offense is uh is using Jameer Gibbs like giving him like 19 touches I actually I think that solves their problem of like Marvin Jones fumbling and Josh Reynolds can't get open like if you actually just sort of if you sort of use Gibbs uh in a in a Christian McCaffrey light style I I think that works but I don't know I mean I think they will the most surprising thing was they didn't throw to that guy those guys right like yeah I, I like expected the type of split we saw from Montgomery and Gibbs, but I did think Gibbs would be like more involved in like um, 
uh, like created pass downs, right? Like, you know, that, that didn't exist this week. Well, I do think we'll get there though, because it's gonna, like you said, they're going to have to. Uh, I think the reason they didn't do it was that they d- were not in a spot to be chasing. And it was just like, we're on the road against the defending champs. Like, let's just keep it tight. Keep it tight. Let's, yep. let's not make any mistakes. Let's run the ball. Let's let's just try and keep it. Like it, it, a lot of the times I'm looking at a coach being like, why are you not using this more talented player? You don't get it. But like, I, I, it seemed very reasonable, like the usage in, and it was also his first game. Like it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Both guys uh, though, both rookie running backs, like, when they touched the football in week one, uh, including Bijan, like they they looked the they part, looked man. They awesome. looked they looked like they were playing at a different speed in the, their offenses, and maybe because their surrounding players also aren't <laughs> that great. But they both guys when they touched the football in week one, it was like, yeah, I I can see how like someone fell in love with this. Yes, complete. I mean, the Gibbs kept doing these spin moves where he would like turn his back into the defender when they were trying to tackle him. And then he would just spin right off. I like, he did it twice. I, I mean, to like, me, Gibbs in week one, like the, like he was taking guys on, like he was, yes, he was like for, cause he's a, a 199 pound dude, but he was, he was putting some body into people. I hope we see a chain play this week for the dolphins. That's another thing that I think would take them up a notch on offense is Alec Ingold led them in backfield targets last week. And so I think if you give those targets to a chain, he'll probably be able to do a little bit more with them. I, I don't but know. We didn't talk about that in the Dolphins thing, but like they, they used motion on uh, almost every passing play, which is made to every yard Tyreek had in that game came with motion on the play. Uh, under like just, they, they moved, he moved dudes around a pre-snap every single snap. Yes. Yeah. All right, what is your number three? I already did my number three. It's the Giants. Uh, my three is the Chiefs. This has kind of moved through the number, uh, but if you can still catch it at three anywhere. I mean, it, we talk about anytime we're getting Mahomes at a field goal or less, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm just doing it, locking it in. Uh, this is a game where I think people are going to look towards like the over, maybe even play the Jags a little bit at home. But uh, you brought it up. I mean, the Chiefs win that game last week, like, it took like an all-time run out of Travis Kelsey getting hurt 24, what, 36 hours for the game. He gets hurt. So maybe they don't adjust the game plan as much as you want. And then in game, literally every Kansas city pass catcher letting them down to the point where they even handed the football off to an opposing player and let them walk in for a touchdown. Uh, the, the Jaguars were kind of a team that, that weren't that great in week one, low key, like, they 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 like needed they, Richardson to throw a rookie first game backbreaking pick to lock it in. I mean they could they could have lost that game. They they I mean Tank Bigsby was trying to shave points as much as he could to be fair in that game. Yeah, but that was the Isaiah McKenzie Memorial game. <laughs> but that I also like the the Jaguars let the Colts around. I just feel like the Jaguars are one of these teams that are like they're working their way to ascension, but like they aren't there yet. Like I don't feel like they deserve to be like within three points of the Chiefs yet. Uh, the, the chiefs covered this yeah. number, both games against them last year. Uh, I'm just taking, listen, I'm taking Mahomes as a short favorite, like always, I'm just doing it. If you're giving me points with Mahomes, and I'm only laying three and a, a field goal or less, like I'm always doing it. Yes. Uh, I mean, look, I got, I'm mad at them right now. They're kind of on my, they're just kind of on my shit list right now. Also like would be an unbelievable coffin for them to start the year. Owen two would be like that. Would just be a, a long road to hoe. I I'm 
And I just like, I feel so frustrated that the team does not have a good wide receiver that they had. They've had 24 months now to, or I guess 18 months since they traded Tyreek to try and figure it out. See, like Hopkins was available. Mike Evans is playing on this shitty team. Like it feels like there were avenues for them to improve the wide receiver room. And they're just like, nope, we're going to ride with Marquez Valdez, Scantling and Kadarius, Tony and Sky. I mean, Sky Moore. You want to talk about, you want to talk about a, uh, a Chris Hogan uh, all-star there just doing cardio, like so brutal Sky Moore. Um, but the one the, other thing the... too about the Chiefs is when they, they've now going back to last year and they're getting Chris Jones back this week, when the defense has been healthy, they've actually been low-key kind of really solid and good. Spags is a freaking good defensive coordinator. Really good. Because they were, we talked about the Lions maybe you know not impressing us last week offensively that much, but like the Chiefs defense was was good in that game. Even without Chris Jones, they consistently got pressure in that game. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're the Chiefs defense is probably a little almost underrated from like where they like their top down numbers looked a year ago because the back half of the year when they got McDuffie on the field and he was healthy, like they were a good defense. Yeah, I mean, like, and I don't, I mean, far be it for me to uh, evaluate who's good on defense and who's not, but my response to watching them generally is just like, Spags is just good at his job. Like, he just is, he just knows what he's doing. So that's, that is where I am at uh, with with the Chiefs. Not on my list because they're they're just in timeout right now. They're just, the whole organization is in timeout until they show me, I, I mean. In the corner. Run, run, Rashi Rice, thirty-seven routes this week, and I'm back in because he looked like the only one who can play. I mean, it's um, what, I mean, Tony was. We talked about that. Tony was like he played like an all-time game, like horrendous game, and we can't like defend it. But like he's at least open. He's at least I open. Mean, he, he, what did he get? He got six touches on nineteen snaps. I mean, he can get open. He he is top. 10% in the NFL and like running routes to get open. He just, I don't know what it is. I, I do not know what Kadarius Tony's deal is. I, I, and he's, he's on, he's on, he needs to not be on social media. Cause he gets on the giants lose. And he's just like making posts, making fun of them. And it's like, dude, you literally lost the defending super bowl champions a game. Uh, he, he got not, he got minus six EPA on his touches, which is like so freaking hard to do as a receiver. <laughs> Yeah, it's brutal. All right. Uh, your number two is Hoomst. Uh, my number two is the Saints. Uh, just going to keep short. Just going to keep short in the Panthers, man. Again, because listen, another team that wasn't very good and that, they almost made my list was the Falcons as the, the home plus one and a half. But like, it's just, you just money line that anyways. Uh, but I mean, the Falcons weren't very good in week one, uh, especially offensively. But like the Panthers just have nothing, man. Like we're excited, like DJ Shark is gonna suit up. Like the ghost of DJ Shark is like gonna solve the woes for this offense. They just don't. They don't have any talent, man. They don't have any talent. The offensive line didn't play nearly as good last week as as anyone expected. And like the Saints' defense is good, and the Saints are a team that even going back to last year, like the Saints have one of the most efficient passing games. And like they were third as a team in yards per outrun last year. And they just come out week one again. And granted that you play a pass funnel, that's the Titans, but like they have an efficient structure for passing. Like the Chris Olave is good. Uh, Rashid Shahid now is like, we got to find a way to get this guy more snaps. We got like anytime, well, anytime well, he, he plays, buddy, he's going to get them. <laughs> yeah, anytime coming. he plays though, he's been good. And you now JC horns out. 
JC Horn's out in this game. Like I, the Panthers just don't have enough as a team, man. They just don't like it's, I mean, Adam, like people are happy about Hayden Hurst. Like like Hayden Hurst is like the, like, like one of the dudes that we're counting on, like to run the offense through, like, there's just not enough juice here, man. And for this to only be a field goal, like I'm, I'm just, I'm locking in, man. This is going to keep shorting the, shorting the Panthers. So they have no juice. But also the Titans have no juice, like negative juice. Ryan Tannehill tried to throw like nine picks. I guess maybe, I guess the Titans defense is better and that's why. And uh, low key, um, if Kendra Miller is active this week and you're not just giving what Jamal, Jamal Williams 2.8 yards per carry looked awful, <laughs> like Jam- Jamal Williams, um, you know, all due respect, sun run of a lifetime to score the 15 rushing touchdowns last year, but he, he does not have it. Also, I mean, if you've been holding... If you're holding Kamara and you just watch that game with Jamal Williams doing absolutely nothing, you got to feel kind of good about it because the chances of Jamal Williams taking touches from Kamara is like zero, like will not happen. But if, I mean, if Miller gets 12 touches in this game, I'm with you. Um, The Panthers are bad. The Panthers have no good skill position players. Bryce looked fine to me though. Yeah. I mean, in context, first NFL career start throwing to Hayden Hurst as your lead target. So bad. It was. Yeah, I mean, so it's bad. as good as you could hope, right? Yeah, I, I just Stroud am... played pretty well too, given given the context of what was around him on the it's ten point road dogs in Baltimore, like counting on you know Nico Collins and Robert Woods. Yeah, yeah. It's it does suck that the best. <laughs> I guess the best rookie quarterback uh, wide receiver is Michael Pittman Jr., who's like such a fake alpha. You know, uh, Downs Downs looked all right. Uh, my number two. The Baltimore Ravens plus three and a half points. Market, what are we doing here, dude? What the the Bengals? The Joe Burrow had 58 passing yards last week. I don't care about the weather. I mean, this is just everything that I wanted to see from the Ravens in week one. I saw other than Lamar scoring more touchdowns. They uh I think Robert Mays tweeted this on Wednesday, but last year. The Ravens, the whole season, had 141 plays out of 11 personnel, and they had 40 plays, 40 plays out of 11 personnel in that game against the Texans. I'm so buying in to Todd Munkin. I'm so long on Lamar Jackson. Mark Andrews, uh, I guess he said, God willing, he'll be able to play, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to play. He was able to get in um, two limited practices. We're recording this Friday, so we'll know more here soon, but... I just am so long on the Ravens, like the, the, the monk and stuff. And I'm relative to what the market has always thought about the Joe Burrow Bengals. I've been short on them. The offensive line is terrible. It, no improvements on the offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I mean, you can, you can just throw that week one context out if you want, if you want to say the weather was bad, like Watson looked terrible too. Sure. Whatever. That's fine. I don't even care. Even without the context of week one information, if this was the week one game, I would still be on the Ravens. The only thing that scares me about the Ravens though, man, is I feel like that, like something, like something's going on. I mean, they can't just stay healthy. Like, you know, it looks like, you know, Ronnie Stanley's not going to play. Tyler Linderbaum might not play. They lose another starting player in their defensive backfield in Marcus Williams. Marlon Humphrey's already out. It just like feels like every year, like we do this with the Ravens, like they just can't keep like their core guys on the. They got to have the worst <laughs> strength and conditioning staff ever. Dobbins right? is out now. Like I feel feel yeah. for Dobbins, man. Like his career is probably cooked now. Like 
uh, well, you know, Justice was an Achilles injury, right? Yeah. But I mean, is that? I mean, I it's just all of it, right? It's just all of it with Dobbins. It's not just the Achilles. He already has an ACL. Like we're just never gonna get like there's a there's a a a universe in the multiverse that exists where J.K. Dobbins is just healthy and he destroyed coming out of Ohio State. I just don't think it's gonna happen, right? Like it's probably not happening in this one. No, uh, I mean we'll see him return. He's a free agent, like. Best case scenario for him is he becomes Dante Freeman, where we forget he's on a team. He signs for. We won't forget. Shit. I don't think he's gonna like just be like that, but like it's just like he, I don't think we're ever gonna get like we're just we we missed out on the pure run out because he was so good as a prospect, man. And he was, re- I mean, I, you want to get really micro. He was really good in that first half. He looked awesome, and he played like eighty five percent of the snaps. Like he was like on his way to being like a sick fantasy value. And, oh yeah, I uh, played a ton of him. I wanted that transitive property justice hill touchdowns can i get those tacked on to the dobbins yeah. line oh my god it's so frustrating uh but i just worry about the injuries with the ravens is my only concern yeah yeah that's fair well there we go we did them all there browns were close i will say to making my list uh as well uh listen we can keep trying to wish cast kenny pickett as like this dude like it's the oh, same it's, shit it's, right it's, not it's the same shit we saw last year yeah yeah it's not happening and the Browns have a really talented roster. The Browns do have a really talented roster. I mean, I do think uh, that the, the the Watson stuff, I mean, a couple of those throws looks like he, a guy. Yeah, he looks off still. He, he looks off. Um, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, they have a they have a top five talented roster like the offense. Well, they did just lose one of their tackles, which is not great, but it, they'll I mean, the defensive line was so freaking good. I cannot understand how Joe Burrow had 58 passing yards. Like, that was just – that was insane. T. Higgins, eight targets, zero receptions. I mean, just brutal. Yeah, they were very loose, loosely defined as targets, too, if you've seen them. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there was not a lot of separation and catchable balls there. Uh, they're going to be the, the, the flop lag team, though, right? Like, we were in this spot, I think, week two last year – and like uh, people weren't like really into the Dolphins against the Ravens. Like that game shot out. I think we only won the Thunderdome that week with uh, Dolphin sacks, Dolphins doubles. A lot harder this year, I think, to fit. Like obviously, getting Burrow, Chase, and Higgins in one lineup is really um, hard salary wise. But uh, they'll probably be a popular team for like a little little bounce back. Yeah. What are you uh, What are you doing in DFS this week? It, it's a uh, It's a weird the the cash optimals right now on Friday afternoon or Friday morning. They look terrible. Yeah, the, uh, it's a really bad uh, running back week um, at the top. Uh, so like, do you jam in CMC? The other thing is it's a really bad kind of top heavy wide receiver week because Jefferson played last night. The Eagles guys played last night. Tyreek plays on Sunday night. And Waddle plays on Sunday night. So it's thinned out the top of the wide receiver pool. So like Amon Ra is going to stand out and be a really popular cash game. I think Diggs is a really good play. But I mean, the top of the running back position is like, what are we doing? Because like Kenneth Walker is popping in optimals and like he's a five point road dog. Like, like that's typically not a spot where it's like super comfy in cash. Although I think he's a fine play. But like it's like if Kenneth Walker fails, like there definitely was like a uh, a clear cut like telling a sign of like yeah that like well you know what i mean like it's just not great so the running backs i kind of want to play brian spot. robinson i kind of want to play brian robinson instead of any of these other guys like i just feel like his role he catching the seven yard touchdown and like 
it, every time it seems like Antonio Gibson might, the door might be cracked open. He fumbles. I just don't like, how does this guy fumble so much? It's like unbelievable. The fumbles. James Cook looks fine as like a, a cash gamey guy. Um, I think you, you will have to just swallow it with AJ Dillon. I don't think AJ Dillon's very good, but like the Falcons run D they showed in week one still isn't good. Um, you just kind of eat it, man. I guess if, if, if there's going to be no Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones saved my ass last week. Jesus Christ. Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> I was looking like I was headed for a negative day and he got me back to even uh, in DFS. Good. Good for you, man. Good for good for Aaron Jones. But I don't um, know. I think it's interesting. I think Derrick Henry is a pretty interesting tournament play. Oh, super week. interesting. Yeah. yeah. He looks pretty fun. I think ETN is another like leverage play again. Like maybe we're just going to do this with ETN every week, right? Like where he just looks as a leverage play because people are, I think, just inherently going to want to stack Jaguars every week. Jaguars passing game. Christian Kirk, you going to, you going to, you going to go into that Christian Kirk well, the lowest owned Jaguars wide receiver. Just that they run a bunch of 11 personnel because they're trying to give you an eye scoring game. I, I think I'm probably going to do it. And then just sue Michael Leone for damages afterward. I mean, they did. It, it, you know, I wrote about it uh, in the worksheet a little bit this week. They in the two games they faced the Chiefs last year, they did run eleven personnel, eighty six percent of passing plays, and that was without Calvin Ridley. So I do think we're going to see his routes and stuff bounce back. The problem I think you have with Kirk though moving forward is even when he's on the field, where does he now register on the target tree? Because, I mean, you have Zay Jones, you have Evan Ingram behind Calvin Ridley, who's the clear one. So, like, we know he's not the one. Is he even the two? Is he the three? Is he the four? I think it, that's very nebulous. So, I think he's finding, like, if you're onslaughting that game, like, I think if you're going for, like, game stacking that game, he stands out as, like, a value guy. But even as, like, a one-off or, like, a bring back with the Chiefs guys, I think he's still even kind of thin. Yeah, I mean – the way it's the the thing who are you pairing with Mahomes this week sky sky I'm just I'm just eating that's what I was about to say is I was like because you can get two other high price studs in there if you do so you could do Mahomes or Lawrence doesn't matter but then you play sky and Kirk well, the values on Mahomes if you're looking at like projected stuff like because I think gamers anyways like it's just easier to stack Lawrence for their like mental so like they're gonna do it like Lawrence is I right. think gonna be higher owned than Mahomes because it's easier for gamers to say well I'll play x y or z all these guys stand out whereas Mahomes you're like because you always that's the problem with the Chiefs is like whenever you want to play him and Mahomes always comes in generally lower owned because he's hard to stack because you can always play a Kelsey but you're eating top dollar salary at tight end and quarterback and it's always hard to build lineups that way like around that so like and everyone's just like well who do I play if I'm not playing Kelsey but the value is on Mahomes the value, I mean, the va- the ownership stuff is always on Mahomes, and you're also getting leverage on the other people who do try to make the Mahomes Kelsey teams yes. work. Like it just, I I do, I mean, and obviously this has been a strategy that has kept me poor for as long as the Mahomes <laughs> Chiefs have existed because the tertiary Chiefs have never gotten there. You know, yeah. Marcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, none of these guys have ever gotten there. I mean, can you just play him naked? And just say like Mahomes yes. throws three touchdowns, and even the the whack a moles that score the touchdowns still don't pop. There is nothing that you can do other than you can do Mahomes Kirk. I I think if you just did Mahomes Kirk and just assume that Mahomes outscores Lawrence straight up, and that Kirk get you know let's say 111 yards and a touchdown or whatever, that immediately puts you in like a really narrow part of of the game tree. Yeah, I, I was look I was looking at when I was writing this game up for game stacks. I'm like, is the move to just go naked Mahomes? 
I don't think I will do it because the guys are so cheap with him, but the whack-a-mole stuff, the whack-a-mole stuff, most weeks, it probably does make sense to just be like, they're going to play seven guys at wide receiver. They had six wide receivers run double-digit routes in week one. Just get a good wide receiver. I just, I can't. (laughs) I can't want, I do just do not want to. Is this the back. Mike Evans move? I saw a lot of people pointing to like, where do you want Mike Evans to go? His contract think... is really big. Mike Evans contract is really big. So I don't know how they create the space for it. Yeah. Detroit's like the one team that could probably do it. Yeah. And yeah. they're probably just banking on Jamison being something when he comes I don't know back. if they are. Feels like, feels but like. I guess Jameson maybe they Williams aren't. You know, that is zero. fair. That's fair to say. I don't yeah. know if they are. <laughs> like, you feel like with a guy in Jamison's spot, you'd get a, uh, you'd get a Dan Campbell. Uh, like, oh, you know, Jamison, he's not available right now, but he's working really hard. He's in the meetings every day. And we got none of that. No. <laughs> What's the last positive report we heard on Jamison Williams? I do not remember. I don't, one. I don't know if I've heard one. I don't know yeah. if I've heard one. Yeah. So I would be I would be surprised. I actually would be surprised if they're planning on him being a big it's clear watching their first game against the Chiefs, the role he would fill, like a good vertical wide receiver. They need it. I just don't know if they have it. So maybe they do do Mike Evans. I don't know. I don't know. My other guy this week too is uh Gabe Davis. I think it's the Gabe Davis uh week. Interesting. All right. I my gold star play is Traylon Burks, uh, regardless of if Hopkins plays or not. He ran a bunch of routes, he got open, he had a really bad drop. I just I one value guys are hard to come by this week. He's forty five hundred, his role is completely locked in. This should be a really high pass attempt game by the Tennessee Titans. I know Tannehill looked like shit, but Traylon, Traylon is my gold star play this week. Does Tannehill start after the week seven bye? No. Mm-mm. No, uh, uh, reserving that there's not a team that is running away with the division. Like if the Jaguars are six and one or something like that, then yeah, no more. But if, if, so the Jags lose here, let's see, what is the Jag schedule? This is actually pertinent. They play the uh, Texans next week. Then they play the Falcons, the Bills, the Colts, the Saints, the Steelers. If they lose, if they lose. They're probably one... six and two at their bye, right? Maybe five and three. If they lose a game where they are favored so if they lose to the falcons if they lose to the saints if they lose to the colts if they lose any of those then i think we still see Tannehill. but if it's like if they if they win that bills game and they're six and one it's over curtains we'll we'll see we'll see levis or or willis is that colts texans game interesting to you at all because just like the cheap not from like a yes like a, it's, the, onslaught, it's the it's but... the vomit it's the vomit stack game right because you just have two bad teams and when two bad teams play each other like it could be like it could create a game environment that's fun and also like all the pieces in that game like unlock a lot of the pieces we talked about right like yes. you know Pittman's like the only expensive dude Richardson's still underpriced but he'll be popular but like Zach Moss is like 4700 like you know you talked about downs like uh Nico Collins and like Robert Woods got a shitload of targets Tank Dell's gonna play more like it it, it looks like like you said the vomit stack right I like a little bit of I like a little bit of tanked out. I mean, look, it's it's short king summer, dude. These these with the cover two stuff, you just want skinny little fast wide receivers who can get through the zone quick. You know, I mean, that's that's the new meta in the NFL. It's not the meta anyone asked for, but it is the meta. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at that one too. Like, is this this? Uh, I was thinking about betting over in that game too. Yeah. All right. Um. All right, man. Let's get out of here, everyone. Make sure that you are following Rich on Twitter. Make sure you are reading the worksheet over at Sharp Football. 
com, And uh, we will be back next week. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy.